through the lens of what just physical medicine and rehabilitation is about. It's about getting people back to what they were doing. Um, so we don't look at it, now your life is different, stop doing, stop doing. And in fact, one of the things that um, we frequently have to push our patients to do who are a little tentative after these injuries, and in the right way, carefully, is to get back to doing some things you did before. Um, because it is, the, the rehabilitation is a means to an end, and the end is getting back out there and rocking on your life. Welcome to ProCo 360. I'm your host, Dave Tabor. This show is for people who love Colorado and who are fascinated with stories of Colorado companies and their leaders. Success looks different here. Our lives are multidimensional, and that's why the tagline is Live, Work, Love, Colorado. In this episode, I'll be speaking with Dr. Jandell Allen Davis, CEO of Craig Hospital. Craig is a world-renowned rehabilitation hospital that exclusively specializes in neurorehabilitation and research of patients with spinal cord injury and brain injury. Most of us in Colorado are somewhat aware of the fascinating and important work done at Craig. For example, we've seen news stories with famous people who've come to Craig Hospital following life-changing accidents. My conversation with Jandell will be about Craig's approach to serving its clients, its unique staff, its approach to delivering service, about what it's been like for Jandell to join as CEO, even about Craig's global brand. So Jandell, thanks for being on Proco 360. I am so excited to be here and proud to be able to talk about Craig. Let's start with you giving an overview of Craig Hospital and the services that you're offering. Sure. Well, you certainly gave us a great intro with what you said, Dave. Um, Craig Hospital is a what's called a neurorehabilitation hospital. Uh, patients come to us after devastating, let's just or catastrophic, acquired brain injury that is and traumatic and uh, and certainly traumatic spinal cord injury after they've spent time in an acute care hospital, you know, a Swedish or you know, university hospital, those sorts of places, and actually hospitals from all over the country. Mm-hmm. And this is where they come um, and they actually get all sorts of rehabilitative therapy from physical therapy, speech, occupational therapy, um, therapeutic recreation, which maybe we'll chat mm-hmm. a little bit about. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're cared for by a team of amazing professionals. Mm. Craig's been around actually since the early 1900s. Mm. Um, over time, their mission and their focus changed from initially being about a, it was actually a TV sanatorium. Right over behind Casa Bonita. How's that for interesting history? And then in the late 60s, early 70s, moved over to our current location on Clarkson. And their mission changed uh, after TB got essentially cured um, to polio. Mm. And once polio vaccine came along, we pretty much eradicated that. Ganda really in the late 50s specialized just on this uh, neurorehabilitation around spinal cord injury. And then brain injury came along after. Well, Well, Craig... In my mind, and to those people I've spoken to about this interview, is kind of like the kind of a rock star of hospitals. I mean, really, really highly regarded. It's got a unique role in Colorado and perhaps globally. You want to talk about that? I think I love that you called us a rock star, and there's some there's some big truth to that. There are actually in the country are only two hospitals, rehabilitation hospitals, that practice neuro rehab the way Craig does. It's mm. Craig Hospital. Here and down in Atlanta, Georgia, there's a hospital, Shepherd Center. And the interesting thing about the Shepherd Center is their son, the Shepherd's mm. um, son, spent some time um, at Craig rehabilitating over 40 years ago after a spinal cord injury. And the Shepherd's had the means, the wealth, and the vision to say, we're going back to Atlanta and we're going to create wow. one of these here. So 
we have the opportunity and are very close to uh, Shepherd, even though we're very different. Um, we take patients from all over the United States and occasionally get them globally. Mm. Um, the reputation certainly spreads uh, far and wide, and it's because what we focus on, you know, I could go into yeah. more graphic detail than any of us want to go into in terms of the work we do. Yeah. But what the mission is, and we actually yeah. had a chat about this this morning at work, um, is Craig has never lost sight of their mission, which is it is not about the services provided. It's about what are we looking for for outcomes. We mm -hmm. want folks to get back to uh, this notion of having an independent life, as much independence yeah. as they can have, and th this um, idea that there is life after these injuries. Mm -hmm. And I get to see miracles every day. Well, that's so cool. That actually was, I was going to use the term brand promise. Do you think that's the brand promise of Craig, the same as you just explained the mission? It absolutely is. It's, you know, it, it's funny, the words uh, that uh, have been, I'd say coined in terms of the brand is this idea of unyielding determination. Mm. You know, it's a place that you'd think would be like the most Debbie Downer place that you could ever walk into but you can feel that you're in a very different place when mm. you walk through the door. Everybody says it. I said it when I was back interviewing mm. over a year ago. Yeah. And uh, what you see on the faces of folks is, and what we give people is a real sense of hope. In fact, patients will say, I do everything mm. I used to do. I just do it differently. Wow. Well, we're going to talk a lot more about that. First, I want to remind listeners, this is Proco 360, and I'm your host, Dave Tabor. This is the show featuring entrepreneurs who could be successful anywhere and choose Colorado. This show's a little different. You know, Jandel's not exactly a startup entrepreneur. Um, she is the CEO of the world-famous Craig Hospital, and so um, I, I just think uh, it, it makes sense to have you on the show, and I'm glad you are. Thank you. Uh, this is a good time to thank our sponsors as well, Community Banks of Colorado, MicroStar Keg Logistics, and Kinsley Meetings. These great service companies support Colorado businesses and entrepreneurs, and they support the show. Thanks also to the Colorado Chamber of Commerce for its support for me and Proco360. So we're talking about brand promise. Do you think, or about the mission of Craig Hospital, Jandell, do you think... Do you think the expectations of physicians and professionals are different or have a different uh, direction than those of your clients and of those people you serve and their families? You know, the uh, I'd say no. And it's an interesting reason I'd say no. There's actually some visual ways or cues mm. that it isn't different. It's hard when you walk in, literally, both with respect to our employees and our patients to tell who's who. Hmm. Because we have we have employees and shares, and yeah. um, they're patients and shares. We dress the same way they do. We eat in the same places that they and their families do. Hmm. And you just see this um, incredible sort of, whether you call it dance or synergy that exists between those we serve and yeah. those who are being hmm. served. So I don't, so I'd say that's the first thing. The second is through the lens of what just physical medicine and rehabilitation is about. It's about getting people back to what they were doing. Yeah. Um, so we don't look at it, now your life is different, stop doing, stop doing. Mm -hmm. And in fact, mm -hmm. one of the things that um, we frequently have to push our patients to do who are a little tentative after mm. these injuries, and in the right way, carefully, is to get back to doing some things mm. you did before. Yeah. Um, because it is the, the rehabilitation is a means to an end, and the end is getting back out there uh, and rocking on your life. To, to physicians who send patients to you after the traumatic uh, injuries and, and the uh, primary care that they receive, do the physicians understand in, what you do for their patients in a way that can help prepare your patients for what they're going to experience at Craig? Or is it just a handoff? They don't get it. Oh, no, I think many 
Maybe not all, but many do. But the people who really get it, mm-hmm. um, yes, the physicians have to, we're, you know, we being one, yes. are a key part of the care teams, regardless of where our patients um, happen to be, whatever the venue is. But the real folks who get it are the case and care managers, because mm-hmm. they're the ones who are working in these acute care hospitals yeah. and getting folks uh, moved along. Yeah. And so um, there are uh, primary contacts, and the physicians, mm-hmm. obviously, if they need to, talk to docs. Do those people come in and, and see how their patients are doing at Craig after they've been released from the hospital? You know, the way that that works, because um, the answer is no, I'd mm-hmm. say case. These are folks, yeah. I mean, imagine yeah, you're out in yeah. Indiana in some remote place yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. no, it, for the most part, they don't. But what we do have really strong relationships with, and those are actually from the business development perspective, mm. it's our, our opportunity and it's uh, part, it's our bread and butter, let's just be real, is we have uh, three amazing folks who spend a lot of time on airplanes all over this country um, in the hospitals with the case and care managers really? talking about Craig. Wow. And we also have a group of uh, folks called our liaisons who are a, a team of nurses, social workers, other uh, professionals who have chosen once we know that there's a patient who potentially they've outreached mm-hmm, to us, mm-hmm. we want them when they're ready to come over yep. and they're ready to rock and roll and do the work. They actually go out and meet with mm. the family and the patient and the caregivers wow. and bring that information back as part of our pre-admission planning. Yeah. That's, uh, you know, that was my, my next question, which is that the patients who come to Craig have endured really life-changing spine or brain injuries. And- I expect that they feel devastated, their families feel devastated. So what is that? What's that look like? I've, this is my pure curiosity coming through. Mm. A brand new patient comes in feeling that way about their lives. What's that first day look like? So, you know, the, the many of these patients, I dare say most of them, have had some pretty long stays in intensive care units. Mm. So the initial shock of, holy moly, what's happened while it hasn't worn off, it's sunk in enough that, um, and the family is over the, that initial fear around, honestly, is this person going to live or die? Mm-hmm. Is my loved one going to live or die? So they've gotten through that point and the tee up, the getting geared up to go into yeah. rehab re- mm-hmm. regardless, but especially coming to Craig because mm-hmm. of how mm-hmm. uh, they're pre- prepped. Though what I would say is the initial when they come in is relief. They are mm. there. They're mm. like, okay, I am here. Wow. This is a it's a it's an important milestone because it says I'm out of the big woods. I'm out of the most of mm. the scary woods. Mm. And yes, people can have complications sure. that can land them back in an acute care hospital. But I'm I'm here and we're ready to work. Our life is going to go on differently, but go on. And and well, some days are yep. easy and some days are well, hard. One of the things I learned in a meeting with your staff before this interview is that. It's really hard for your staff because they know that when a patient comes in, well, they know that the patient's going to leave feeling hopeful, feeling empowered, feeling different ways, but they can't say it to the patient. Don't worry. You'll be better. They, you know, there's this, this tension, it sounded like from your, how would you explain that? So it's, it's actually a, it's a, it's interesting you use the word tension, um, we actually are a place that's about hope. We're also mm. about a, a place about hard work. So and tension so is the I, wrong word. Well, tension is, it, I'll tell you what the right word, why it's yeah. the right word. But it's, um, and when I'm walking around the hospital and saying hello to patients, I'll say to them, did we beat you up well today? And they say, <laughs> yes, and then our work is done here. Good. <laughs> because when you show up at the door at Craig, you are ready to work and get on with your life yeah. and learn those life skills and those mm. physical skills you need to. Yeah. The tension that exists in the field is this notion of cure. 
Mm. And how do you define cure with these mm-hmm. injuries? Um, for most of the time, if I'm um, understanding this right, you know, this is a new, I'm an OBGYN, yeah. this is new medicine for me. Um, but my understanding is that rehabilitation was learning to live alongside your disability. Hmm. The reality is, is that's foundational, whether it's a brain injury or a spinal cord injury, those skills that you're going to need to manage day to day are there. But it doesn't have to stop there. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're seeing in the field. So now that there's something called neural recovery, we are actually, and there are people who are focused on what does maximum improvement mm. after something that we thought was permanent and yeah, have for decades, yeah. millennia, thought yeah, was permanent, yeah. what does it look like? There are people mm. who get up and walk. Mm. There are people yeah. who walk out well, of that hospital. there's all this cool technology, too, and that then supports those t- kinds of things. Well, there is, and the technology is actually even helping people... Um, uh, recover hmm. some of their function that they had before. So it's not just that you end up relying on these exoskeletons, for mm-hmm, example. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's also neuroregeneration. That's some wow. of the, I mean, the frontier in terms of what's happening in neurology in general, and certainly this neuro, this uh, after these catastrophic injuries, we've got, we are, we, I feel like we're on the brink of some, in fact, I know we're on the mm. brink of some really amazing things. Wow. Around, uh, cell regeneration, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. stimulation of spinal cords and muscles and wow. getting people to get voluntary movement. Mm. It's just, I, I sit there with my jaw dropped when I learn more and more about this through wow. our research unit and others. Hmm. Well, I want to talk about the research unit a little bit. I, and, and um, first though, I also was, was taken by comments by your staff that said, you know, Sometimes when the patient needs to go home, we're not always ready to let them go home. You know, what's, what's your take on that? Wow. So, so then in some ways, my, uh, my past uh, health policy life comes into play yeah. here. And for sure, my um, 25 years of caring for patients come in into play. I, I think what we have to do is we, and it's what we absolutely are focused and committed to doing, is making sure that we're, when our patients uh, go home, that they're First, safe. Yeah, yeah. So that they've got enough of the skills um, and uh, the tools to make sure they're going to be safe. And safety is not just safety in your home, but it's to decrease back to healthcare policy mm-hmm. readmissions to hospitals, yeah. complications from things um, that their home and their home environment is ready to receive them. Yeah. Um, and and then uh, it, it is not about the fear and the understandable fear and trepidation that a family and a uh, a patient has about, oh my gosh, that first night at home, we sometimes talk about the cocoon of Craig because it mm-hmm, is safe and mm-hmm. you're surrounded by people who yeah. know how to take care of you and who have loved you and have seen you as a whole individual. What's it going to be like when I go mm-hmm. home and I'm in this chair? Um, so there is, I would hardly call it, I wouldn't call it tension, I, it, but there can be a disagreement between when a patient is when we think they're ready to go home and they think they're ready to go home and it can end up on either side. Yeah. And it's just like any other thing in healthcare. Mm. It's a negotiation. It's mm. a, it's a, you know, it's shared decision-making. So how would you describe the mindset? And I, it's a, it's going to be an unfair question because every patient's different. How would you describe the mindset of patients who, as they come in and patients as they leave? That's a fabulous question. Many of our patients, when they come in, and I think, it, I think it's safe to say it differs based on the level of injury, it differs based on whether it's brain injury or spinal cord injury, but they've been through, if I, I think I can say this on radio, hell and back, right? So they, 
They come in, they're ready to work, but they're, you know, they may be exhausted. They're still, in some cases, recovering from perhaps some skin issues or other things that have popped up um, in the acute care hospitals. Um, so um, it's a new thing. There is certainly this sense of, as I said, the, okay, things are looking good. So I can, you know, the hope is, you know, from a hope perspective that this is the place where I can do it. Um, those are some tough days, though, over the weeks because there are going to be days that aren't all in sunshine and Skittles. Yeah. But take a patient who's a, a tetraplegic or a quadriplegic who has no movement. It's amazing what happens when they can get tiny bits of movement. Mm -hmm. I will never forget the first one of our patients who had a chance to hear actually tell his story and the joy of now being able to open a jar. Mm. But this place has taught me more than mm -hmm. anything else, and you'll hear it from our yeah. uh, our staff members too. Is the um, the take and appreciate the little things, these things that yeah. we take for granted. So just a little bit of movement is like, yeah, it's time for a party. <laughs> this is a big thing. And then by the time folks leave, first of all, they're ready to go home. As mm -hmm. wonderful as it is, yeah. and as yeah. supportive as it is. It ain't home. Mm -hmm. um, and so going back home where their friends and their families are, so they're, 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 they're ready and they're happy to get back into their own space. They are nervous about what's it going to be like. In fact, I'll never forget one um, patient saying to me, Jandell, the hardest day, the most, the most terrifying part of this whole thing was that first night at home where you don't mm -hmm. have, oh my gosh, you've got all your supplies because we mm -hmm. make sure people are super ready by the yeah. time they go home. But um, that, that's a hard night because that's, yeah. that's the real test after sure. all the time that you've sure. been there. Um, so you come in, like, what's this journey, this next leg of the journey going to be like? Um, and you work hard, and then at the end, it's time to go back, and you never actually leave, Craig, hmm. which is a whole other thing we could talk about because well, that was a little mysterious. Well, <laughs> let's talk a little bit about some of the things that you do around – uh, well, first, I'll take a quick break and remind listeners, this is ProCo 360. I'm your host, Dave Tabor, and this is the show featuring entrepreneurs who could be successful anywhere and choose Colorado. I'm speaking with Dr. Jandell Allen Davis, CEO of Craig Hospital. Go to ProCo360.com to subscribe to the newsletter, read my blog, and catch the books I'm listening to on Audible. And I just finished this great book, Jandell. You'll, you'll appreciate this because one of your, your son is a singer. And uh, I just finished the book, Failing Up by Leslie Odom Jr who's a Tony mm. award-winning uh, star of Hamilton. And that's really a great book. Check it out. And don't forget to rate Proco 360 in your app when you finish this episode. And so let's talk a little bit about, um, I'm going to go off script a little bit. I was going to talk about the business model like Craig, and I, I want to do that too, but fill us in a little bit more about some of the research that's going on in just a minute or two and some of the things you're seeing on the five and 10 year horizon. Sure. So we have researchers um, who, and, and we have about a unit, about 27 uh, folks who are involved in research, and we have clinicians in speech, physical therapy, and the, as well as the uh, the physician group who do research, which is more clinically based, as well as evaluation. Um, and uh, we are well regarded, world renowned, mm. involved in all of the big um, societies and associations that are um, interested in spinal cord and brain injury uh, rehabilitation. Um, we've have we've. We're doing some really interesting research in osteoporosis hmm. because if you think about, we know that osteoporosis gets that in order. To, one of the prevention schemes is that you need to have weight bearing, mm -hmm. and patients in chairs oh, don't sure. weight bear. So 
therein comes the exoskeleton as part of giving you opportunities to wait bear. There's this amazing place that I'm going to assume you got a chance to look at when you were over there called our Peak Center. Yes, yeah. And the Peak has um, all of this adaptive gym equipment. It is, it's there for the community. You can buy mm-hmm. gym memberships there mm-hmm. if you're disabled. And it doesn't have to be just spinal cord and brain. It could be strokes. It could be mm-hmm. like any old gym, yeah. but it's all adaptive equipment. But we also use that as part of outpatient therapy and yeah. inpatient therapy. So um, work on uh, um, bone density, cardiovascular mm. health is well, a problem. To so me, this is quite interesting because the hospital, before I did some research, I thought it was much bigger than it is. I mean, how many beds do you have? And we're licensed for 93 yeah. and we use 92. Less than well, 100. I wish we used 92 well, every single day. Yeah. But I'm, I'm sure our nursing staff would pull their hair well, out. And actually, that was, that was something I wanted to ask you about because then I, I told Jake that what am I, I, I my misconception was that Craig was always full and had a waiting list. Yeah, that's not true. That's true. Yeah. It just isn't. Um, and that's a good thing. You don't want to have a waiting list. We want to be able to, it, it says some, mm-hmm. it could say something about your efficiency. Yeah. It could also say something about that you're too small in terms mm. of the number of yeah. beds. Yeah. Um, uh, we always want to have, and we do for the most part, there is there's seasonality to these injuries too. Mm. So there are times of the year where um, injuries are lower, and then this is the time of the year we start seeing it pick up as yeah, people yeah. are out in water, back mm-hmm. on their motorcycles, mm. and even with respect to the snow sports, the skiing, you know, the ice that, you know, there's more ice this time, yeah, not yeah. this time of year, but, you know, yeah. so as we come into the spring thaw that then freezes mm. hard overnight, so we start people, to see, unfortunately, injuries. more injuries huh. well, um, as people are out mm. and about. Well, what is the business model? Craig is private. It's a nonprofit. A nonprofit, private hospital you've mm-hmm. got a foundation that supports yes. it and all that from a perspective of of marketing i mean does craig even have to market you mentioned you've got yes. three people that fly around but what what does marketing look like yeah. when you're the world famous <laughs> rehab hospital well you don't want it to look ghoulish right i mean if you think about it we i would are, think it's kind of awkward it's a it's a it's an interesting needle to thread the idea of um marketing so what we the way that we talk about who we are back to that word you use the brand promise is what you can anticipate and expect. And I don't mean the technical aspects Mm -hmm. of it, but this is a place that's going to get you back to doing what you want to do. This idea of inspiring and instilling Mm -hmm. hope and, and, and working off a determination, my own tagline. And and we may end up doing something good with this. I hope Mm. um, is we don't want you to need us. Mm. And if Mm. you do, we're here. Yeah. We don't, I mean, we don't, we're not sitting around going, Oh, goody, goody. Mm. It's spring. Yeah, yeah. People are going to start to have more injuries. Um, but then we do say, and thank God we're here because yeah. people will have more injuries. One of the things mm-hmm. we want to pivot to from a marketing perspective yeah. is um, prevention. So it gives you the opportunity to say, if you say we don't want you to need us, what's yeah. what's our accountability yeah. to help you not need us? Like put down the phone, don't text and drive. Yeah, yeah. There's a campaign that's called Feet First First. You know, a lot of our younger patients um, hurt themselves because they dive into shallow mm -hmm. parts of lakes that they don't know are shallow. So So those sorts of prevention messages. Well, let me ask you about that then, because this is, I'm always a little, a little, I don't know, cynical, maybe, excuse me, but like your business is focused on helping people return to their lives. Like if you spend a lot of energy and time in a campaign around prevention, is that, does that really dovetail in with your mission? Our mission is to um, 
assure that people can live their best lives. Mm. And if we're largely honest, I mean, there are certainly anecdotes, and I've heard stories of people who said, given who they are today, they do not regret their injury. It's interesting. Mm. Sort of mm. that, 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 those sorts of uh, mm. epiphanies and those big crucible moments in folks' lives wow. in terms of what they discover about themselves, um, in terms of what they're capable of. But um, A, it would not be the only way that we would talk about Craig, but I sure. think there is something socially responsible mm. and ethically responsible about a hospital that um, largely deals with preventable injuries, mm. not talking about ways to prevent those that's, injuries. That's very interesting. So and talk, you don't want to go, oh, no, you know, well, you can't yeah. go out and say, hey, we're here when yeah, you hurt yourself. No, you really, no. Right. And, and, and no. And so talk a little bit, I'm going to shift gears hard here because I want to talk about a couple more things okay. before we get... Before we run out of time, what is the culture at Craig? Talk about that. Oh my gosh! Wow. You know, when I interviewed uh, last summer, I was in the throes of this thing, which was about this time last year. I remember when I first walked into Craig the end of July, and I could feel. And everybody says this: you can feel the culture when you walk in the front door. And I did feel it. I said, "This is a different place." And in fact, I remember commenting in a couple of the group interviews, the panel interviews, that. Feel like I'm home. I mm. felt I when I because that was what I felt. I said I'm home, and then it was like, please God, <laughs> let ah, me be home. Yeah, uh, because it just felt like a place. Given who I am, how I seek to lead, and certainly how I seek to serve those mm-hmm. and live, that this would be a great fit for me in terms of my style and I guess who I am. And so, so a few months after getting the job, I did. I remember having this conversation because you hear people say we. And actually, it was an di- internal dialogue. You can feel the culture. Well. We don't sprinkle pixie dust on folks when they walk through the front door. So what is it? Yeah. What are the elements that make this culture strong? The first is that we've got, we have been unwavering in our mission. I mean, the mission is what it is, which is this notion of um, getting folks back to independence and living their lives as best they can. It is the most patient-centered and family-centered place I have ever seen. Mm. And in fact, I've been known to say, if most of healthcare, all of healthcare yeah. for, uh, work this way, I think we'd have far fewer problems in mm. American healthcare. So there's that. But the other is, it's not pixie dust, so what's, what is it? It is the lighting. It's a little bit subdued when you mm. walk in that front door. It's not super bright, sort of mm. Costco-like, you know, mm. the bright LED kinds of lights. It's quiet. Um, you, ha- you can see the patients, and you see patients and staff interacting with each other. doesn't honestly smell like a hospital, no. an acute uh-huh. care hospital. And you see smiles. You see people interacting with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, you see us interacting with our patients. You see family. Um, and you see people, I'd say, at all sorts of places along the spectrum of, you know, the couple that you can clearly sit here see are having a tougher day yeah. and those who are doing okay. Um, it is the light. As I said, it's lighting. It's um, how we dress. And that was at our patients' request. We don't look all suited up <laughs> over at Craig yeah, for the yeah. most part. Um, it is a very relaxed style. Yeah, yeah. And that's all part of yeah. it. And, and, then the there, sta- and the staff's been there a long time. And, right? and there is um, amazing loyalty and longevity. Now, I think that's one of the things as we look ahead that uh, could be, and I, I, I dare say is a challenge in all of our workplaces, is that the that we're watching workforce demographics in general change and even people's orientation to work change. But mm-hmm. 
I was, I mean, we have people who have 40 plus year careers wow. there, wow. 40 plus years, and they still come mm. back even after their Well, I, I will say, <laughs> I will say that, you know, as you invited me over to, to tour the hospital for the interview, there is a different vibe there than in, in hospitals. Um, and I can't put my finger on it either. Other than that, it feels happy and positive and uh, certainly surprised me, actually. It's a it's for a, what you do to yeah. have a positive vibe. It just was puzzling. Well, so if you think about it, and it it may be counterintuitive, but I don't think so. If you think about it, folks have had the most let's face it, catastrophic and devastating thing that can happen to them, and they have been through it. As I've said, the families yeah the families go through it before the patients go through it mm-hmm. because some of these injuries um, and when patients land in hospitals, they're actually unconscious. So the family has to deal with what's going on in addition mm-hmm. to their fear about, is this patient, is my loved one even going to make yeah, it? Yeah. And then as the patient reemerges, then they're like, holy cow, what went on? And they have amnesia for a lot mm. of what's gone on. So um, to, to walk, to leave that sort of a place and then come to us and us mm-hmm. be like total, as I said, folks who are viewing these as quote jobs or mm-hmm. viewing these yeah, as... Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, you know, sort of cookie cutter medicine or any of the other kinds of cynical phrases or less than mm-hmm. positive phrases we either have yeah. experienced in healthcare yeah, or yeah. talk about would not be a cool thing. Well, and and I want to make a point that um, that I was told that that Craig Hospital is determined to stay independent. Yeah. That chains have reached out and said, "Would you like to be part of our X Y Z chain or whatever?" You're determined to stay independent. What's the short answer for that? Yes. Ha. Huh. Good. Let's switch to... Oh, I'm I, so glad I, you didn't ask me why or how you're going to nope, do that. Good. Nope, Love I it. Didn't. Love it. So, so as, <laughs> you yes. came in, as you came in as CEO, um, first of all, you came into a culture that you just thought was awesome. And, and you took over for someone who had been CEO for 10 years, Mike uh, Fordyce. So how do you come in and think to yourself, like, I love this culture, but I'm now the CEO. So how do I either not screw it up or how do I make it more me? Or how, where is that? I used the word tension earlier, but I mean, how do you manage that? I think the, it's, it's not as difficult as you'd think if you remember a few things. And this is what I would say to any, uh, any executive who's coming yeah. into a new role, even those who are coming into turnarounds, you know, who are coming into a distressed organization, regardless of sector. You're there to shepherd a mission. You're not there to run. You're not there to run your own agenda. This is not yeah. about your agenda. This is about the mission of an organization, and you're there to steward that mission. It's not yours. Um, second, um, in the early days, and even um, you know, let's just say the early days, and you can define that period. Mm. But I'd say even nine months in, I'm still in the early days. Um, you are a guest, and you are there to learn and and soak in from the folks who are there how the place runs. You need to, I remember saying, I need to have, and I would point to my ears, I said, these I, these need to be this big, and this needs my mouth to be shut a lot mm-hmm. more. So in those early days, it's super important to be the question. The third, and I was really excited about this, and this isn't something that um, uh, many people are privileged to do, and many, and it's been written about in uh, even Harvard Business Review, many or most don't take advantage of it's a privilege to know that Denny O'Malley, who was the CEO of, I call it Modern Craig, for mm-hmm. 34 years, yeah, yeah. and then that Mike Fordyce for 10, are still here. Yeah, I'm so glad they're here. And that they have more than said, I'm here for you. Mm. 
And um, you're, you'd be wise as a new person to take advantage of that. Yeah. Back to, I'm here to steward a mission. I probably ought to okay. know the mission. So let me, let me follow up a little bit on that because at some point people expect you to be the CEO. Well, right? you do that the day you walk in, but there's, it's about how you do it. Yeah. And and I and and even quote the CEO what the way you said it implies that um, I'm large and in charge and that's not servant leadership mm-hmm. and I know that may sound mushy but the fact is we know the soft skills are the hard skills you want to be effective you want to be successful your number one job is to gain the trust of the people that you're working with and you can't w- do that if you walk in and say either the thank God I'm here attitude or um, I'm, I'm going to walk in and start breaking eggs. You got to figure out if there are any eggs that need to be broken yeah. and do no harm. And that's a sure. good thing as the Hippocratic yeah, that's right. first yeah, thing yeah, is yeah. do no harm. And that includes doing no harm to culture. So, yeah. um, so I've taken advantage of having, um, in fact, Mike and I meet monthly. I saw Denny and Mike last night. We had a, uh, one of the one of the law firms had a wonderful reception for me back in October. And I knew Denny and I said, I want Denny and Mike there and my primary mission and I got it was I want a picture of the three of us because that's three and we're all pretty much peers actually from an age perspective we're all within easily 10 years of each other in terms Mm. of age Um, but um, I wanted a picture of the three Craig CEOs Mm. because it is a precious and wonderful thing to even have that and it's important for um, letting our teams see us together yeah. because it establishes continuity. Mm-hmm. And then it makes it easier when it is time to make change. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and everybody understands that organizations must evolve. Well, we can sure. do it. Sure. Well, I'm going to backtrack just a little bit um, before we wrap up because I, I think the therapeutic recreation you do is really inspiring. And I, there was a quote on a video that you had that um, that talked about um, I was an athlete, I was a musician, and and going from what I was to what I am. And that whole concept that I think this person felt he achieved through Craig. Do you want to talk about that and how therapeutic recreation works? So, you know, it's interesting. There are people who uh, may want to focus on the recreate part of the world word, um, or the and then there's those who would focus on the therapy part of the word. The fact is it's both. And if we even think about, take it out of this space, for some reason I just lighted on, lit on Montessori. My son, who's now 28, was a Montessori kid. And they called play work. Right? They called play work um, as little kids. Um, and so we actually have the most fun at work when work feels like play. And there's all sorts of ways it can do it. What therapeutic recreation has the, uh, it, it actually has this dual purpose. It gets people back to or introduces them to new things they can mm-hmm. do, new sports, new activities that they never thought. And you're actually practicing. You're actually, there's mm-hmm. treatment, there's therapy. In, in a that. way that's fun. Whether it's, yeah. we have horticulture therapy, for example. The idea of a, of a person with um, limited uh, upper uh, limb mobility, whose hands barely work, Digging a hole, planting a seed, mm-hmm. covering that seed. You may say, oh, but I mean, anybody say, well, what's the big, de-? it's a huge deal when a week ago you couldn't move those hands. Mm-hmm. So, and you're practicing fine motor skills and you're getting to garden or yeah, grow something. Yeah. Um, there mm-hmm. are people who were hunters before they came uh, to Craig. 
And we've got these, I love those chairs, these big, huge track chairs. They've got these big tractor treads I've on them. I've seen those, yeah. And you can get folks back out in the mountains. And if they even have no use of their upper limbs, their sip and puff technology, whatever all that means. Mm-hmm. And I think if you sip, one thing happens. And if you puff, another does. Yeah, and yeah. So they can actually shoot. They can fish with these things. Um, we have music therapy. Um, and in fact, music is an interesting one because you can use music therapy to actually lay out a tempo mm -hmm. in terms of walking and gait. Ah. Um, And there are people who are unable to speak who can sing, which is an interesting thing. We had a young woman who sang at our big gala just last month who hadn't been able to speak for eight months. And then it was through Mm. our music therapy that she got her her speech back. And she sang the national anthem at our gala. You talk about one a dry eye in the house. Mm. Um, so there's that. There's that. They take people out on outings, and some of the you're, you're getting a few things in that. First, you're getting exposure to things you like to do, but you're out in society, so that you don't have mm. to feel this shame and embarrassment mm. or this lack of being seen that that is part of what we quote able-bodied people have yeah. got to get about around um, um, this notion that now these folks are different yeah. and they don't know how to interact with people in wheelchairs. But it also gives mm. them the opportunity to practice their navigation skills when yeah. you're out and about trying to get up ramps and and deal with um, uh, places that are less accessible. And it's just fun. And yeah. as I said, you're working and you're playing. Well, and you mentioned people being outside in Colorado. And so as we kind of wrap up our conversation, you know, uh, we started the podcast. I explained that this is this Proco 360 podcast is for world-class entrepreneurs who choose Colorado. So what have you found about Craig being based in Colorado, is there a synergy? Is there a blending that works? Well, we can, through the uh, retrospectoscope, say so, but I don't think there was the the kind of intentionality you may think, except that Frank Craig came here back in 1907 because Mm. he had TV and did it. And there was that whole, oh, come to the mountains. Yeah, that's right, yeah. So that's, uh, I I could imagine in part how we landed here. Retrospectoscope. But what it, (laughs) 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 what it, uh, but what uh, Colorado does afford us is 300 days or more of sunshine, and mm-hmm. we all know that that's really important just for lifting your mood. So we have patients who come here and, and they move here. They, they choose mm. to stay, not only because, again, you never really leave Craig. So the, the ties that bind yeah. are super strong, but also because of access to the outdoors. Yeah. Um, and it is, it is relative to a lot of other places. It's, a, it's an easier environment to live in because we're warm and welcoming. We, yeah. I call mm. myself, after this many years living here, Coloradans. Ah. Well, last question. What have you learned, uh, Jandell, since you've been at Craig that makes you happiest you took the job? Oh, now you're going to try to make me cry. <laughs> Let's see. What have I learned? Um, I have learned that there is a way out of the healthcare conundrum that we find ourselves in. And it is about practicing truly patient-centered and family-centered team-based care where we all play our roles and respect each other's roles. And that's not just those who are clinical, but those uh, those of us who are the backup singers and do the administrative stuff, and you know, I sort of say my job is to serve my patients so that they can serve, I mean, serve my, our uh, team so that they can serve our patients. 
Um, and I, so that's sort of from the leadership perspective, the most wonderful thing, mm-hmm. or from just how healthcare or, should be organized differently. I think on the personal level, what I have learned is uh, the, or have reinforced in my life, is the value of being present and appreciating every day as mm-hmm. such a special, special, wonderful gift mm-hmm. from the universe. And that's what I get to see every day because I watch people who make small changes that mean so much to them and are grateful mm. for every day they live. And we all ought to be that mm. way. Well, that's cool. That's a great tone Thank on you. which to end our conversation. So I'll wrap up. I'm your host, Dave Tabor. And today I'm Proco360. You've been listening to my conversation with Dr. Jandel Allen Davis, CEO of Craig Hospital. Jandel, thanks. This has been great. This was fun. Thank you. And uh, come visit again. I will. And listeners, thanks for joining me on Proco 360, where we say live, work, love Colorado, because you and I and my guests can be successful anywhere and choose Colorado. You make the show successful by subscribing to the Proco 360 podcast and by submitting a review. Thanks again to show sponsors, Microstar Keg Logistics, Community Banks of Colorado, Kinsley Meetings, and the Colorado Chamber of Commerce. Thanks to Jake Manley of Craig Hospital for his help coordinating this episode. And finally, thanks to Mike, my engineer here at Third and James Studio. That's the show. Live, work, love Colorado.